0: Figured out your happy
1: anniversary. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. Yeah. What the heck? Oh my gosh! I'm a terrible. Partner. <laughs> I put on lipstick for this happy anniversary. Okay. I was going to open up with a well and also, compliment to you and tell you you your hair looks what? beautiful and you figured out your curly waves. Not entirely, but I got some really good tips here. I should give credit where credit's due. Actually, let me tell you, uh, we got a few responses from people. Who had listened to the episode where I was like, I don't know what to do with my hair. And both Kate and Bridget had messaged me and gave me tips. And one of the things that's been really helping me is that I think I was drying my hair a lot before. And now I keep it soaking wet with a bunch of like product Mm. and stuff in it in a little Turby Twist towel for like 20 minutes and – Look, it's, it's helping. So, it looks great. It looks like you braided your hair. Thanks. Now it's still a little bit wet. It's drying it. slightly. So maybe it will be even crumier by the end of this. Lovely. But it's, it's our, our anniversary. anniversary. It's our five-year five podcast anniversary. Years. It is also now your wedding <laughs> anniversary of sorts. Yes. <laughs> I know you guys are – Technically, we're celebrating, celebrating October third, right? Our Mean Girls Day,
0: because we cannot get in the way yes. of our anniversary. Of course, Corinne. Right?
1: Yes. Yeah, and you still have to share your anniversary with something else. Of course. So at least Mean Girls is yes, yeah, an excellent film from mm-hmm. our early developmental years. I can't believe we've been doing so, this for five years. Five years. Five whole years. This is two girls, one two ghost.
0: Girls, one ghost. Here, your ghostesses. That is Corinne, and I am Sabrina. Hi. We are on YouTube, so please come watch us. This is, you can, I almost said live, but it's not live, but it's recorded. You yeah, can see no. our faces. It could feel live yeah, though. Yeah. Right. You can see into our homes a little bit. If there's any ghostly mm-hmm. paranormal activity while we're recording, it will, you will be able to see it, which is really, um, scary, but cool yes. for you guys. And something that's really exciting that Chris and I wanted to talk about on our five year anniversary mm-hmm. is, We've been doing this for five years. We absolutely freaking love doing this, but we were like, "Yes, how do we revamp? How do we get with the times and get some excitement behind the podcast <laughs> and
1: do something new? And so we have a new format. Yeah, there are some there changes are some happening. And I think yeah. part of this is because the way that we lived our lives five years ago is different than the way yeah. we live our lives now. So Sabrina and I were thinking about All of the times that we've said, oh, I wish I could add more information. I feel like I'm cutting so many important things out of the story to fit it into the amount of time we have. And the desire to do multiple parts for certain episodes. And then also we're, you know, not listening to to two-hour-long episodes that often anymore. We seem to be gravitating more towards like 30 to 60-minute long episodes ourselves as podcast digester. just consumers in the market in
0: general like look at tiktok people like the quick digestible bites and so we were like as much as i know two and a half hours of podcast content is exciting i'm sure it's also a bit daunting for people who are listening so we were like let's mm-hmm. just create more content and have shorter episodes so moving forward Every Sunday is going to be a researched episode, but only one of us is going to be researching. So I will decide to do a topic like demons or demonic entities or something like that. And I will spend an episode telling Corinne about the demon I chose. And Corinne will share a listener story related to that. And maybe it will be a Mm two-parter. And then, you know, we'll kind of just – we're basically going with the flow. We're going to see how this works.
1: Yes, we're ebbing and flowing based on what we like to consume and what we think is going to be the right next step for you guys. And then
0: on top of that, every week we're going to post a shorter listener encounters episode. So you'll be getting just as much content and if not more, more listener stories, but they'll be coming out. You'll have three episodes a week. Basically, it's going to be listener stories or encounters, campfire stories and our regular episodes. It's just going to be like a year of ghostly activity, and we're really excited about it.
1: Yes. Three episodes a week. Holy, holy crap. Be- <laughs> be- Jesus. Holy bejesus. Holy, holy vagina. Holy vagina. <laughs> That's what I thought you were I don't say. know what
0: I was going to say, and it, I think it was trending towards holy vagina, but I think I
1: course corrected, and then you helped me just go back to what I was saying. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Well, we're really excited. I think that it allows us a little bit more creativity too for you and I in what we kind of struggle with in our current episodes of wanting to add all of this extra spice, but trying to rein ourselves in. And now we don't have to. We're unleashed, baby. Corinne and Sabrina, unleashed. 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 September on is when we're going to start Sunday researched episodes. Mm -hmm. Tuesday campfire – story. well, I guess technically Tuesday live campfire stories. And then we post them on yeah. Wednesday. And then we'll have our encounters being posted yes. as well. They're lovely. they great. Big things, baby. Yeah. And, and speaking of, this is an encounters episode. And it's our
0: anniversary. Mm-hmm. So what did we decide to do? Uh, whatever we wanted. Our favorite stories – Yep, the the best ones that we could find, the ones that we get excited about. I did have – I had pitched that we do Most Haunted because I – obviously, those are my favorite stories. But then <laughs> – so this is the perfect combination of Most Haunted and Most Terrifying and the things that we like. And I even picked – you might be surprised, because exactly. I may have picked a um
1: happy, heartwarming one. Wow. Yeah. I picked a couple with you in mind, too. Oh. Because I was like, this is our anniversary. It's so it's – What's mine is yours and what yours is mine, right? This is what a partnership is about. We share exactly. We'll do the most haunted sometime in October when it's spooky season. we'll we'll get you that encounters that you're looking for. Oh, well, October—if you haven't already
0: heard the news, the rumor on the street—it's not even a rumor. We're verifying it. Mm -hmm. October is going to be a month of only talking about demonic entities and possessions and dark, terrifying things. So get excited!
1: (sighs) Yeah, get your
0: crystals.
1: like i need to do some like stretches and stuff you know we're about to be embark on this horrifying marathon all of the month of october (laughs) this terrifying journey with us (laughs) please god please please don't leave
0: me alone with sabrina (laughs) okay should i start yes okay also this one was really hard i ended up like having 20 stories that i wanted to do but then i you know i had to like then comb through and strip it back okay which
1: doesn't mean that we won't hear
0: those oh, other... we will for sure many. hear them. Okay. Yeah. I'll start us off strong. Great. I took a picture of a demon from our listener, oh, no. Serene. <laughs> Hi there, ladies. My name is Serene, and I've been listening to you guys since 2019 during the first lockdown, and have become obsessed since. I've absolutely loved the supernatural and spooky my whole life, But when this happened to me, I swore off watching a scary movie or anything like that again because of how close I got to what I believe was a demon. I've since broken that promise. I now love The Conjuring series. But anyway, here's my story. Oh, this is funny because she says – because Serene was like – okay. She goes, my story happened in 2018. But it's funny because she said that she swore everything off. But then in 2019, started listening to us. So it was like a year
1: period. Oh, that wasn't very long.
0: Okay, so my story happened in 2018 when I was a nanny for a family with four children, the oldest being eight and the youngest being two. They lived in this big, beautiful house out in the country, about 15 minutes away from town. Sounds very Bly manner. Mm-hmm. Surrounding this house was a few neighbors, a canal, and lots and lots of farming fields. The family I worked for was one of the prominent farming families in our town, and I loved them. They were really easy to work with, they were never once rude or mean to me, and they were super accommodating to my school schedule at the local college. I was there for about four years before I quit because of the pandemic. All of the kids were in different sports, so a huge chunk of my day was driving them around, dropping them off, and picking them up. It was a Friday evening around 6 p.m., and I had dropped them off and coordinated with another nanny from practice to bring them home when they were done. I picked up some groceries on the list and took the baby home. We'll call the baby James. So after James had dinner and played a while, I let him hang out in the dining room next to me while I cleaned the kitchen. It was maybe 9 or 10 p.m., and it was pitch black outside. The other kids went to get ice cream after practice, so it was still just us. I don't know how to describe the layout of the house in words, but right next to the kitchen where we were, there was a long hallway that led to the garage and laundry room, and they had a doggy door on the garage door to the house. So, while I was finishing up dinner, I heard the doggy door swing, and James ran down to the hallway to greet what sounded like the family dog. James turned the corner down the hallway and immediately screams and cries.
1: No! Oh my god. This is the worst thing that could ever happen especially when you're in a house that you that's not yours but you're responsible for the kids. Uh, and also the fact that you're babysitting it's like
0: very much when a stranger calls. Totally. I can't see the door from the sink, so I assumed the dog bit him or he fell. So I ran to see what happened and as soon as I saw it, I stopped dead in my tracks. Lay is freaking out too.
1: Lay. Perfect. Don't cut that out. Leia's a part of our podcast, and this is our anniversary episode. I know. She's like, you forgot to But what is me. she
0: yelling at? I can't see the other side of the kitchen either. Uh-oh. She probably wants food.
1: Can you please come here, Stevie?
0: <laughs> Leia. I need to give her a middle name so when she's in trouble I say, Leia Marie.
1: <laughs> she's a 90s mm. kid. Everybody's middle name is My sister's
0: Nicole. Actually, today is her adoptiversary. The day we're recording is the day I
1: adopted her nine years ago. Today Mm -hmm. is? Wait. Oh, okay. My brain. I was just like, on our anniversary? (laughs) But when this comes out, well, this is our anniversary episode for August 14th, but I realized we're recording before. Today is not literally our anniversary.
0: This is Leia's adoptiversary. But wow.
1: Please. All the big moments happening for you in the summer months. Yes. Yeah, lots of things. Cramming everything in. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the other side of the doggy door,
0: I can see a warped, evil-looking face smiling at me. I don't know how to describe the feeling, but the whole energy of the room immediately felt evil, and my gut told me that whatever it was wanted to scare or hurt us. Looks-wise, the closest thing I can equate it to is the face of the little girl in The Exorcist when she's possessed. It was just oh, no. <laughs> looking at me and making whispering gibberish noises.
1: <laughs> that made it so scary. <laughs> if I were a turtle, I'd be completely in my shell. I'm I trying know, I to be see. right now. How do I insert myself mm, into my, my body? That would be so cool oh. if humans could do that. Just suck our heads in.
0: I scream and grab the baby and run back towards the kitchen. I was so scared to be turning around and not seeing if it comes in. I've loved Jesus my whole life, so I told the demon thing, you are not welcome here. God is with me, and he's going to protect me over and over again. I started singing and screaming any worship songs and then quoting any scripture that came to my head, LOL. I could see it moving, (laughs) but it wasn't coming in. So I decided to make some kind of plan, trying to keep it out. I decided to take a picture. I ran to the door. I locked it. I shut the doggy door. I put the baby down. Count to five. And I did it. I don't know how much I'm remembering right or if I was just super scared, but I could swear the closer I got to the door, the worse it smelled. I was crying and I'm 99% sure I peed myself a little,
1: but I did it. I turned back. That's part of the... Oh. I'm like, that's part of the (laughs) smell. But... (laughs) Or... They That's they probably didn't. better than what the other smell was.
0: I would have peed myself too. Yeah. But I did it. I turned back around. I grabbed the baby and ran upstairs to his room. Maybe 10 minutes later, the rest of the kids got home. And after an hour, the parents got home. I called my dad and asked him to pick me up because I was terrified of driving alone in the dark country after that. So I ran to my dad's car, le- leaving mine behind and I get out of there. I called the mom the next morning and she told me, forget about it. Don't tell the kids. Which freak, freaked me out even more. She didn't sound surprised or Ew. scared. So did she already
1: know? And also that feels a little threatening. Don't like, tell us, kid. you forget about what you yeah. saw. It's like, okay, well, why are you protecting this weird demon creature? And also, I have questions as to what the excuse was that night, leaving her own car behind. She, I mean, maybe she was because just, as a family, yeah, I, guess, I don't know. Wouldn't you say why is my babysitter entering another vehicle and leaving her own car here? Maybe she was just like, I just wanted to ride home. It's dark and scary. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I seriously contemplated quitting home. that weekend. My parents told me I should, but I didn't. I honestly don't know why I didn't. But I stayed for a little more than a year after that. The energy never went back to normal, though, and it still felt wrong. I would hear running upstairs when I was alone. I would do laundry and come back to see the front door was wide open. The baby wouldn't go near the glass doors at night, and the mom never brought it up again. It's been a few years, and I'm a teacher now, but sometimes I forget about it until I see the picture on my camera roll. I truly believe the Lord protected me that night from something evil. Anyway, thank you for reading. I'm no writer, but I know you guys will be able to do the story justice. I've attached the photo, and I hope it doesn't scare you guys as bad as it oh. scared me. Also, something funny, I've shown this photo to self-proclaimed skeptics of the supernatural and made them believers. Serene, okay, are you ready for this?
1: Yes. We'll have to we'll have our editor Aiden insert the photo into this video too. <gasps> oh my god! Ew, ew, ew. Oh no, 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 no. We Oh my gosh! I have to look at this in the folder too. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself because it's disgusting just seeing it the way that you put it up it's to the camera. Horrifying! But holy crap, this is like Bride of Chucky. This it is does look exorcism. like Chucky. Wait, I'm confused. Remind me how to. Do- so it's a doggy how door was this photo into taken? the
0: garage. So I think the garage light is on, and there's like that plastic doggy Ugh. door screen.
1: Ew! It's so so gross. It also kind of looks like it almost looks like clown painting. Oh, by the, the like big by lips, how much the really big, too wide yeah. to be natural. It looks like someone took yeah, like the a joker lips. Totally. And the, cart, and the eyes like almost, ruffled hair. Yeah. The oh. The longer my I look god, at it, the worse. I do it not gets. like this. I know. I feel like I'm gonna <laughs> faint. This is disgusting. <laughs> That's two episodes in, wow, in this was a row, Grin where it made one. you nearly faint. Oh my god, I know. This is I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I think we should end the end the whole the podcast end. here because I think we're all just going to be haunted now. Yeah. So what the hell? Okay, the fact that the baby saw it too. I mean, we know yeah. children, especially young children are open and susceptible way more than most adults in terms of seeing the the paranormal, the supernatural. And so it makes sense that the baby did, but If she had ever thought, like, oh, no, what I saw must have been trickery, my imagination in this dark house at the end of town, that was disproven in the moment because she was reacting after the kid had already reacted, which is so, so scary. It sounds
0: like this went on for a long time, enough for Serene to stop, grab the baby, run back to the kitchen, have to, like, figure out a plan, grab – Serene, grab her phone, take a photo – Go run towards the door, lock the door, like close the doggy door and run upstairs. Like that's like a whole – because I feel like often when you see something dark, it doesn't stay there for long enough where you can stop and take a
1: photo and Mm -hmm. do all of this. But it was just there taunting her and the baby. Totally. I don't know what I would do if I were in Serene's position. I – think that i would call one of my parents right away and, or or a friend yeah. and be like you have to come here right away like i don't think i could finish what she did which was babysitting for a few more I know, hours but
0: there's a baby like i wonder how old james the baby was because if they're like one or two they you know they're like what's going on like i saw that thing they, they're
1: comprehending the situation right so you just calmly make a phone call and you say you must come to the house Right now, no need to call Ugh. the police. It's not that type of emergency. But if you have some black tourmaline, <laughs> if you have some cedar and salt or what have you, bring it over because it's got to be exercised. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Corinne? Hello? Sabrina? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Corinne? Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> we get back. Oh. It says my internet connection. Oh, wait. You're frozen, though, on my end.
0: Okay, really? now you're back. You
1: were frozen before on mine. Okay. You know what? I know that we're using technology and computers and recording on Zoom, which just results in a lot of techno- technological challenges I like and how you call it, like Techno, but I feel like techno problems. Techno, because I was trying to think of how to actually say yeah. the word, the full word, correctly. <laughs> but I feel like you and I have been pretty fine for the past two months of recording on Zoom, and of course, Until as soon this. as you show this photo, mm-hmm. we got the message, Sven. We will move on. Got Next story. Thanks. Next story. Should I do something nicer? I don't know. Okay. So I was more thinking of what are the favorite topics? What are my favorite things to search in the mm-hmm. inbox for? And so I chose four different topics, a story associated with each of them. And the one I'm about to say has to do with fairies, <gasps> with Faye. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. This one's so good. Oh, God. Okay. okay. This is from Olivia. It says, hello, ladies. Love the podcast and all you do. As a kid, I used to make small houses for fairies with small snacks to invite them in. Nothing really came of this until my hamster died, and we gave him a small burial under a tree in the forest behind our house that we often played in. My very young, grief-stricken sister couldn't understand the reason for burying Ham, the hamster, so she decided to dig him up. But in his place, we found a small wooden box about the size of a ring box, and inside of that box was a few handmade, very tiny dolls. What? These dolls were made of thread, and we have never seen any of this stuff before. It was very strange, since we had just dug there a few days before. And as kids, we thought, of course, the fairies were leaving us gifts, so we took them in, but they were just a little too creepy to play with, so we put them in the drawer About a week later, we went back to the grave and found another gift. This one was a small bag that was about the size of my child palm, and in the bag were very small black beads. Less interesting gift for us, but they felt very strange to us, like the vibe of them was off, after we found more and more gifts in the grave over the next few weeks of time. Mostly bags of beads or little trinkets that didn't really mean anything to us as children. And then one day we went to the grave and we found more dolls in a larger box. But this time it was dozens of dolls, all giving off this terrible energy. Wait, this is so creepy. the forest creepy. around us started... It's so creepy, right? You're not supposed to make friends with the Fae. Ugh. The forest around us started to feel dark, almost as if we weren't alone, even in the middle of the day. We felt eyes on us, like something was peering around the trees, looking at us. We took these gifts to my mom... And this was the first time we told her about this, and she felt the energy too. The look on her face made us uneasy. It was the look of fear and discomfort. She made us return everything that we were given by burying it in the grave again. Years later, I dug up this grave that we had left undisturbed in the forest, but everything was gone, not even a trace of the gifts or our poor hamster. Not sure if this was the fairies or something in the forest behind our house, but it was very strange. I still have a few more beads, but that's it. Thanks for reading my story, Olivia. Olivia. Okay. <laughs> I am I so want
0: to – in my mind, there are two versions of this story. The mm-hmm. Fae or – Mm-hmm. a child predator who Ugh. saw these two children playing out in the woods and started leaving gifts for them in this grave and mm-hmm. was trying to lure them into the forest or I don't know was getting some type of
1: sick I don't know th- pleasure out of watching them right. open his gifts I don't know well it is it is strange because it's like originally i'm thinking oh my gosh this is this is so the fae you know the little tiny dolls like they're they're which are oftentimes well there's many yeah. variations but we think of them as these smaller creatures oftentimes in fairy tales and whatnot so it makes sense the little tiny dolls but then at the same time if you're thinking about they made the fairy homes and fortresses so if there was someone watching in the woods they'd be like oh let me make them little dolls for their little fairy mm. house and village but at the same time why why would you ever dig up someone's dead hamster If you were watching this in the woods and then put other stuff inside, why would you ever assume that someone would dig up their hamster that they had just buried a few days prior? You know, like it's an odd series of events. It almost makes me think, is this some sort of ritual that the fae or whatever creatures, spirits are around do for other animals? Mm. Like maybe this hamster. Oh, that's nice. And then they just – these kids happened upon it again when digging it up and then basically, like, disrupted this ritual. And so then it opened the door for the fae to actually truly make contact with
0: the kids. Oh, or the fae kept getting mad that they were taking it, which is why there was, like, negative energy around it later. Mm. I like that version. Mm -hmm. That's a sweeter version. But I don't know. There's something malicious about it that makes me feel uncomfortable.
1: yeah. It feels very creepy. I mean, the fact that the energy was off, it, the thing is, it's in. It's a weird thing to happen yes. in the woods. You're not expecting it. And especially as a parent, I understand her mom being like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Because your kids are like, hey, someone's been leaving me gifts at the edge of the woods for weeks. You're like, what? Like, I'm sorry, child, please stop. React. Who is, bo- who is yeah, interacting thousand- with my children? Yeah. Don't like it. Totally. So I understand that. But then, yeah, there's just, the whole thing is odd. I kind of think it's the fae. Oh, uh, I don't know. Either
0: way, it, it makes me uncomfortable. So I, I, I'm I left with a feeling of um, displeasure from the story.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. You didn't like it as much as I did. No, I, I love it. I just feel bad for Hammy the Hamster. I do Where did bad. Ham go? Yes. I do.
0: I, I like the version that you pitched because it makes me think that the fae are out there giving these deceased l- beloved pets – like a really beautiful memorial and passing.
1: Which I think is kind. Oh. But then the idea of s- Yeah. I was thinking more Avatar style, where it was like they're carnivorous oh. and they took the body of Ham to eat and like left a little trinket of like thank you for giving me your flesh. Because oh Ham was God. gone. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So that's dark. Just kidding. <laughs> hmm.
0: It wouldn't be an episode of Two Girls, One Goat, let alone an anniversary episode without our disturbing ideas. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Yay. They're all good. I love how excited we get about reading people's encounters. I know. Okay. This one is so good. It's from our listener, Natalie, and it is called, I pulled something out of my wall.
1: Oh, these are so good. I love these stories. Whether it's paranormal or not. Finding shit in your walls is so You're not going to like this one. It's the most interesting genre. It's not in the way
0: that you're thinking, and that's what I love about it. Okay. Hi. Hi, girlies. My name is Natalie, and I live in Melbourne, Australia. I have recently started listening to your podcast, and I am obsessed. I have a lot of love for spooky stories and ghost encounters, so your podcast has molded a special place in my heart that I never knew had been deprived of until now, which I love. So nice. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to catch up to your most recent episodes, but I'm currently at number 38 because I don't want to miss anything if you reference back to earlier ones. I'm not sure if you've covered sleep paralysis yet, but wow we do I have a story for you. This is the time mm. that I pulled something, maybe a demon, out of my wall while in sleep paralysis. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: I like how we change the topic to our favorite stories and you're like, yep, demons. Those are my favorite stories. I'm just going to do all demons. I'm sick in the head.
0: (laughs) And I love it. Okay. So I should start by giving a little bit of context. In November of 2018, I moved out of a home into a rental with a friend. For privacy reasons, I'll refer to him as Ben. I didn't really need to move out, but I was 19 at the time and thought, fuck it. Ben had lived in this house with the previous residents, so when they moved out, I moved in, and he stayed with me. Shortly after unpacking all my things, he informed me that the room I moved into was previously occupied by his friend, who we will call Gary, who had a freaking demon attached to him. And I'm like, wow, thanks for letting me know before I moved in. Not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> apparently gary had there should be warnings oh, why definitely do people tell other people this as soon as they move in it's like no you were supposed to tell me one before month ago i decided when I to move in yeah yeah before i'm like locked into this situation and now i have to live here
0: right apparently gary had gotten rid of the demon that was attached but i don't know how or if any of this was even made up allegedly ben's previous roommates tried to summon demons in the house as well cool they apparently did this because they thought it would be fun and funny and not because they were devil worshipers or anything like that, which makes it worse. The like the fun or funny conceit. Obviously, I'm not like condoning devil worshipping whatever, but like the the mockery and the oh poking mm-hmm. fun at, I think ends up turning into something so much worse.
1: Right. Yeah, because there's boundaries and people are just easily crossing the line and not knowing when to back. back up or put things in place to stop whatever they started. I agree. Again, I can't confirm
0: or deny any of this as I didn't know the people that lived there before me aside from Ben. I don't know how true any of these demonic claims were. I'm only mentioning them because I truly believed that there was some form of presence in that house. Within the first few months of living in there, nothing paranormal really happened. I never even felt paranoid or on edge or like something was there. One night I did hear my name whispered to me. But I think at the time I kind of just blew it off as I was imagining things, which I get. Mm-hmm.
1: If that's yeah. all,
0: if it's that's an easy all thing to experienced, over. yeah, just one little Come in. in the middle of the night. Like I think it would be very easy to just be like,
1: uh,
0: I could right. be hearing things.
1: What? Well, yeah, am I in the in between mm-hmm. of sleep and and dreaming? I get
0: it. Shortly after, however. Ben and I would be sitting in the living room, and we would hear doors shut by themselves every now and then. Again, not too alarming, but something was definitely going (laughs) on. A few months later, things took a turn for the worst. Now, it's important to note that before moving into this house, I had never experienced sleep paralysis before. I wasn't even sure what it was really, aside from the scary stories I'd read online. So when it happened, it was the most terrifying thing I had ever been through. One night, I had a dream where I was in my room with Ben, sitting on my bed, when my closet doors started to violently open and close on their own. I pointed it out to Ben, and we were both super scared. A black cat then ran quickly out of my closet before I woke up. I was unable to scream. Wait, whose cat? This is a dream. This is happening in, like, the dream space. (laughs) Oh, I'm like,
1: what the heck? (laughs) This is the weirdest part.
0: Okay. But, I mean, you could argue that this is happening in the dream space or it's you're in a dream-like state and it's all happening. You don't really know. Mm -hmm. I was unable to scream or move my body when I woke, aside from my arms for some reason. I was lying on my back and I remember looking up only to see that there were many, and I mean many, hands reaching out of my fucking wall
1: Behind my headboard. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No. Ooh. This This, is why they make those FX graphics for Halloween of hands going through windows and through your walls because it is the scariest visual.
0: I mean, could you imagine sleeping? You're laying on your bed. Pretend I'm laying down. This is... I sleep like this because I'm uh, a zombie. Um, No, a vampire. What? And then... A vampire. (laughs) (laughs) The hands are zombie-like. And then zombie-like hands are reaching... Over your head and many of them, not just like one pair, multiple pairs. And get this, they were all a dark blue or gray color and honestly looked as if they were decaying, black fingernails, etc. Great. Nasty. I don't know what prompted me to do this, but for some insane reason, I grabbed onto one of the hands and started to pull it. As I was pulling, I felt everything. I felt the wrist, Ew. then the forearm as I continued Ew. pulling
1: all the tendons, all the way
0: up to it's the elbow. Gross. That is when I made my final pull, when this womanly looking figure appeared right fucking next to me on my bed. It was too dark to actually see a face, but I could just tell that she was staring right at me. She had long black uh. hair that covered most of her face and what looked like raggy old clothing, but I can't be sure because it was really, really dark in my room. She stared at me what felt like forever, but was probably likely less than a minute in reality, while all the while she's making these horrible low growling sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I am going to be an actress. I don't know. (laughs) Going back to my, my old career. Yes. After she disappeared, I could move my body again, and I rolled over to face away from where she was. I honestly don't know how I managed to get sleep after that, but I remember having these really dark thoughts pop up into my head. It was like I was thinking them, but I didn't put those thoughts there, if that makes sense. After having paralysis that night, I started having trouble actually getting to sleep. Almost every night, I would feel fine for most of it until I would randomly get this feeling that something was in the room with me. I don't know how else to explain it other than it was like someone had all of a sudden walked into my room and wanted to make their presence known. I remember feeling extremely scared and uncomfortable, and it could only get myself to fall back asleep by watching YouTube videos on my iPad until dozing off. It was a truly dark time of my life, constantly being tired and run down all the time because I could not sleep. It also didn't help that my friends wouldn't even drive into my driveway because they were so scared of picking up something evil from the house. I don't blame them. Mm. I probably would have done the same. Eventually, I moved into a. I mean, different room. I'm just
1: glad that they still came. They, the friends, still yeah. hung out and like, yeah, picked them up because I think it would be easy to be like, I don't know, there might be something attached to you. I'm not trying to be in your vicinity. <laughs> Poor Nat, <laughs> just like I know, it's not my
0: fault. She moves into this haunted house and doesn't know until, like, the day she's moving in. Mm -hmm. Okay, she said, "'Eventually I moved into a different room in the house, and I no longer felt that presence at night. It became easier to sleep, and everything seemed to go along as normal. And I later moved back in with my parents, and all was well. Since that unforgettable night, I actually have had sleep paralysis again multiple times.' I even think I've astral projected, but those are stories for another time. The reaching hands as well have been a strangely specific, reoccurring paranormal experience, and I have no idea what they mean. Thank you so much for reading. Ew. It really does feel like hanging out with a couple of friends discussing ghost stories like everyone says. Love you, girlies, and as always, see you on the other freaking side. Sincerely, Nat.
1: Also, I really want
0: oh, to know. Oh, there's a PS. Sorry. Oh, yeah. P.S. I used to think that black cats were a sign of bad luck, but after hearing Sabrina mention on one episode Mm -mm. that they're actually a sign of good luck in a lot of places, my whole perception of that dream before my sleep paralysis changed. Maybe it was a sign of protection or luck on my side rather than a bad omen. Who really knows, but just thought I'd mention it.
1: Yeah, I immediately thought of the cat as being Nat's familiar, (gasps) right? Like. It's the protector, mm-hmm. it's there, it's spooked, but it's it's generally navigating the space and might not be, you know, fist fighting, the hands reaching out, but yeah. it's there with you. Yeah, And I just
0: have to say, Natalie is so incredibly brave. If I saw, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, she was experiencing sleep paralysis, so it's probably hard to do anything. Like, if your whole body can't move except for your arms, like, I guess you do want to do something,
1: but- for her to right. grab onto the hands and pull oh my God. this That's, oh, being out. Doesn't that feel like the last thing you would do? <laughs> yes. I feel like in my line of defense, I'd be like, run, run, or like, avoid, deflect. Or like, grab yeah, anything near, the, like, on bedside tables and like, hit the hands or like, smack them away. Right. Right. But, yeah, we just skipped all the way forward in this episode of Scooby-Doo and unveiled the monster. But that's only that's one of Natalie the many. Did. Like,
0: how? what are, What were the others? There's a part of me that makes me right. think, like, there was a demonic entity in the home. And it, it. I feel like we've talked about this before, and especially with the Rick story. It sounds like mm-hmm. demons collect souls. And I think that in my belief that there are many different types of demons, there are many types of dark, evil spirits, and they're all collecting these souls. And I feel like they must travel around with these souls, like they carry them with them. And so I'm thinking that there's this demonic presence in Natalie's room, which now no longer is Natalie's room. But And when it was making itself known, these spirits were like trying to reach out and either and be saved. Be saved. Or they were like trying – now they work with the demon and they are trying to bring Natalie in with them.
1: Oh, gosh. Ooh, 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 ooh. I don't like that. I like the first version where Natalie is the chosen one to try what to save What if Natalie them? did
0: save that woman by pulling right? her out of the
1: wall? Her spirit was eventually able to, to move on. And that's why she keeps dreaming this. Because the spirits collectively have created such a tie – to Natalie in the hope that Natalie's presence gives them yeah. that they now project their haunting through her dreams as a recurring nightmare. Ooh. And if she just reaches up and pulls them out, she'll be able to one by one save them and take away the power that the demon has. Slowly chip away yeah. at its energy until it is nothing but a stupid little worm. Yeah, Natalie,
0: tell the demon it's a stupid
1: little worm.
0: Mm-hmm. You're a stupid little worm, you demon worm. Demon worm, ha <laughs> ha, demon worm. <laughs> You're just We're a just like coming up with like middle school I, like uh, mean things to say to the demons.
1: You <laughs> truly, truly raggedy ass demon worm. You're cool. <laughs>
0: You're <laughs> constipated, overweight, out of style loser.
1: Oh, my God. I forgot oh, about that, that one, one.
0: That, like, it's dramatic to Ooh. me because that one was said to yeah. me too many times. And, yes, I was right? constipated. Talk about a true haunting. And I am.
1: It's a problem. <laughs> I have still, it. Still have. So many people have Nothing's it. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah. I like to think that this story, while extremely terrifying and the sleep paralysis that I would never want to experience, I like to think that if this were rewritten in television today – into a comedy that the demons coming out, they're like little demon hands grabbing. I like to picture just like some five-year-old with an iPad walking down the hallway, just like fist bumping them or high-fiving them, just still staring at his iPad as they go by. kind of like whack-a-mole. Just not paying but attention. With demons. Yeah, right. It's like no big deal. It's just the Stop demons in demons. the
0: hallway. But it's like about to high-five them and go, Syke. No problem. <laughs> I
1: like that. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh man. well you know what else I like gotta rewrite some of this stuff so we don't have nightmares yeah okay I have one it's called The Demon in a Burning House <laughs> yes and it is horrifying
0: okay okay, okay. Can't wait this is my favorite this is the best
1: <laughs> I love it happy anniversary thank you what a great this gift demon stories demon story This story has never been said aloud, nor has it been mentioned over again after this Oh my god, we're the first to hear it. I used to be a firefighter in town I'd like to keep hidden due to this incident that happened with my friends and I who worked at the same station. It was around 3.10am and a fellow firefighter and I were working trying to catch up on some sleep since we had been going to call after call all night. We were woken up by dispatch telling us that there was a fully engulfed house, and we immediately sprung into action. It took us about 10 minutes to get there because it was on the outskirts of our town. And when we got there, we saw this two-story house up in flames. Everyone was outside and perfectly safe, being that they were all the way across the street, or so we thought. So... The fight began. It was so incredibly hot that we had another fire department from the next town over come and help us, and we took turns fighting this fire. After we realized that we weren't going to be able to save the house, we decided to go on the defense and protect the surrounding buildings by dousing the ground and nearby walls with water to prevent it from spreading. As we make entry, my buddy and I went in and tried to see if there was anything that we could save item-wise for the family. As we went into one room, we noticed the crib and something inside of it. Heartbroken, we noticed an infant (gasps) that was no longer able to be saved but we still tried our best. Oh my gosh. At this moment, and I can only speak for myself about this next part, I immediately felt a burst of rage and anger come over me. As my buddy says, we need to leave, I acknowledge him, I turn around, and in the back corner of the house that is easily visible through the massive hole where the wall used to be, I see something staring back at me with nothing but a cheek-to-cheek smile with no eyes. I immediately (gasps) panic and rush out of the house, I toss all of my gear to the ground, and I start to hyperventilate. To this day, I have no idea what I saw, but if you read my last story, then you'll understand why I was so terrified, which uh, clearly, I guess we need to read the last story. Later that month, after taking a much-needed break, I turned in my badge and equipment and told my chief that I couldn't handle the stress anymore and that I wished them the best, and to this day, I still have nightmares about that night. I knew the family. They had no infant child. (gasps) Stay spooky, ladies. It was the demon... Fucking with them. Holy making them shit. think that there was a dead child in the burning house. And then smiling cheek to cheek when <laughs> saw the demon. is <laughs> this freaking. Try not to swear, but it's so messed oh up. Oh my God. I'm. I was not
0: expecting that last yep. sentence. And it is so horrifying. Just. Thinking about the horror, like, the tragedy and, like, the 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 heartbreak of seeing this baby in a burning home and realizing you can't right? save them and that it's too late. But then to, after the fact, realize there is no baby. There was no baby. This demon was truly just trying was to, no baby. one, torture them mentally, two, probably keep them inside the house that's burning down for longer, trying to think that they need to save another yep.
1: soul. And then totally. Oh gosh, it is the most messed up thing I've ever heard of a demon doing.
0: Because at first I was so sad because I was like, one, how horrible for when I when you were reading the story, my my thought process was: there's this baby who's who died so sadly and tragically in a fire, mm-hmm. and then there's this demonic entity who's like taking its soul, and that's what I was afraid yeah. of in the beginning. But it's so much. I mean, that's terrible. It's, I, not to say one's better than the other, but it's just awful. It is just
1: ah. Right. I am not okay. Well, because – and I'm sure and his partner weren't really thinking about what they were seeing at the time. I mean, you would assume that the the family outside who was safe across the way would have said, our baby's in there, our child's in there, there's someone else in there. But again, people are in shock. You never know how people are going to respond. So I'm sure they, as firefighters, were like – you know, they were reacting to the reality that was placed in front of them, which was that there was a child who had succumbed to the smoke made from the fire burning throughout the house. And then seeing the demon and then realizing that there was no child at all. I understand why I was like, I'm done. I can't.
0: I'm not doing this anymore. I'm so unwell. It's so bad. It's, yeah, it's a bad one. My brain's a bit broken. And I just, the fact that they quit, it was, it hurt. It was that. I mean, I'm sure there's more to the job and it's a very stressful job, but.
1: Yeah. Also, did the demon start the fire? Like that's what I'm also not sure about. I, uh, it makes me think yes. The fact that it was there and it was so uh, maybe there's maybe this is like one of the, now I'm thinking of Marvel movies and and mm. all of the well just really any superhero movie how like the villain has a signature move or they they do certain particular things which is how you know that one particular villain is responsible for the destruction or the death or what have you. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if this is this demon's signature thing. It's like you start the fire to watch everyone panic, lose all of their possessions, and create these horrible, horrible false realities for the people trying to save the house. It's like taking everything from everyone. Ugh. And then just when they have nothing, kicking them even lower than they think that they could possibly go. Can't. Demons, man. Can't with you demons. Demons. You bad.
0: you bad bad deep bad deep bad 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 boys okay this is um a trigger warning this is a bit sad and um is about familial loss okay this is from our listener kalissa and it's called ouija board predicts my dad's death
1: uh-huh.
0: hey y'all i love your podcast and have loved listening to y'all develop and grow throughout the episodes so thank you too for everything you do I would like to preface this story by saying that I heard this story from my grandma, my dad's mom. When my dad was in his teens, he and one of his friends were playing with a Ouija board. Among, among other things, they asked if they would get married, how many kids they would have, and how old they would be when they died. For my dad, the Ouija board answered, no, he would not get married. He would have one kid. And when it came to how old he would be when he died, it went to 2 one, 21 My dad was determined to beat the predictions and supposedly told my grandma on his 21st birthday that he would beat the Ouija board. As fate would have it, he did not. He met my mom when he was 19 and she was 16, and they had me when she was 17. They broke up for a bit, but a week or two before my first birthday, they got back together. The day before my first birthday, we were having my birthday party at my grandparents' farm outside of Blanchardville, Wisconsin. And he needed to get something from his apartment. So he went back to town and tragically had a fatal crash with a milk truck just down the road from my grandparents. He was 21 years old. This makes
1: me so sad. That is so young. That is much too young. Yeah, it's heartbreaking.
0: I've obviously never had the chance to ask him about this, but I wish I could talk to him just once. He's the one who named me, but nobody asked why he chose it before he died. So I don't know either. We had family pictures taken the week before, and they are some of the only pictures I have with and of him. Um, I've attached them below in case y'all wanted to see. I also have lots of ghost stories from growing up in my grandparents' house that was built in the 1800s, but I'll save those for later. See you on the other side, ladies. Kalissa, like Melissa with a K. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. Well, we're very sorry for your loss, and we thank you for feeling comfortable enough to share this with us. That's so sad. Devastating. Yeah. And it just so makes me – it's one of those things where it's like I just feel like you can – I like to believe you can change your reality and that fate isn't always set in stone and sealed. And this basically is saying the opposite, which makes me so sad. Yeah, I think that's Because the there's part. nothing that he could have done, right? And it, not knowing how you – you pass either – and also you can't live your life by what a Ouija board yeah. or some sort of fortune or, or whatever tells you. That would be a bit ludicrous, and it's just really unfortunate that that this is how he passed yeah. away. I mean, it makes me think of that story
0: that we heard where the guy had a dream about his dog dying on the road, and then that next day mm-hmm. they were on the road on the same thing. The window had opened, and he was able to save his dog. So it's super just frustrating and and uh, and it's hard to like wrap your mind around this idea that the future is somehow predestined and sometimes mm-hmm. you can beat the predictions and other times you can't. And it just feels unfair.
1: It totally does. I do hope that maybe the spirit that was coming through the Ouija board to deliver this message about Calissa's dad passing at 21, I just hope that that was maybe a family member or a good spirit that basically was like, we know that this can't change. This is a non-negotiable for this person's life, but we're going to tell him so that he has all of the opportunity and, and motivation to live his life as full as he yeah. can in the few years that he has yeah. left. Just so sad. And it sounds like he, he did believe yeah. it, you know? Like he was saying, I'm going to beat the Ouija board. So it's not like he was just like, oh, whatever, and just kind of floating through the next few years. He was, it sounds like he was consciously moving through his life, which I'm glad that at least there was that. I also just like, this is another because we've heard
0: stories like this before where Ouija boards predict that and it's it's one it's another reason for me that I will never play with a Ouija board and two I'm pretty sure like the one question well, I mean there's multiple questions you're not supposed to ask when you're playing with a Ouija board but one of them is that you're when you're gonna die
1: right oh gosh so sad. I wouldn't want to know when or how there's no good yeah I do th- there's nothing yeah. good
0: I know I've had that debate would you rather know when or how and I think I'd rather know when but it's they both
1: but there's so much
0: anxiety I know. leading. Up I have to enough that anxiety, moment.
1: right? But then if you if the how was like you know a car accident, how are you ever going to get into a car? again? I already know. How are you even going to walk on the street? You're gonna. I already think the no, car. Sabrina, no, God, I hope not. Or if it does happen, I hope you're a hundred years old. <laughs> it's <laughs> me driving the area, and, and you're driving to meet you there. Yep. <laughs> And you died of natural causes and your car went off the road. Yes. No one knew. And so they just there said it was go. a car accident. There you go. And no one was hurt. You were just found in the desert in Area 51. Uh, My body is never found because the aliens actually took me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like drag marks where you started to crawl out, and then there's nothing. The tracks end. no sign of a struggle. And I just draw like a little smiley face in the sand from the spaceship. Just draw a little smiley (laughs) face in the sand to be like, (laughs) I'm happy. Let them take me. I'm happy. Yeah, the aliens have got me. That's what you can write. Just in pig Latin. Can you guys wait one second before you abduct me? I just need to leave a message behind. Do you remember when I sent you a postcard that was written in webdings? Oh my gosh, it was the most you were like, like, what the hell is this? I truly
0: <laughs> was so shocked by it because it was handwritten too. It was like four
1: years ago. I don't know why I did that. It was fun, just felt right. It didn't feel right.
0: <laughs> we, you, and I have talked about selling felt right like coded postcards as merch to send for for our listeners to yeah. send to people.
1: One day we will. Maybe we that's our like Christmas our own card own language. Our own. <gasps> Ooh It's on the front, it's you and I dressed. People up have to figure out what font it is. Krampus or
0: And then mm-hmm. the back is a secret message and it will be if people can solve the secret message, it will be a clue to where our next live show is gonna be.
1: Okay. I'm liking the direction that this is mm-hmm. going. We should definitely do some sort of message. Yes. I'm into it. And it won't be any font that anyone knows. Oh, we'll, we'll make it up, up our own font.
0: We're like gonna be like the
1: Zodiac mm-hmm. <laughs> <Killer>. <laughs> Our own cipher. No one's going to be able to figure it out because we misspelled something. We used the wrong version of your.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Whoops. Ruined it all. Whoopsie-daisy. Okay. I picked out one that is called The Experience That Turned My 100% Skeptic Partner Into a Believer. Oh. Hello, lovely ghostesses and ghouls. My name is Rissa, she, her pronouns, and I just discovered your podcast a couple of days ago and I've been hooked. Uh, This was pretty recently sent in, so – a new convert. Welcome to the triangle, Risa. Welcome. Welcome,
0: welcome, welcome.
1: I've always been obsessed with everything paranormal since I was little, and I'm so excited to have found a community who just gets (laughs) it. I'm going to share two experiences today, but I will definitely send another email in the future or hopefully share another story on campfire (gasps) stories. The first, yes, the first experience I want to share still kind of stumps me. Don't worry, this one is extremely heartwarming and brought me a lot of peace. I'm just not sure what to really call it. Let me get on track. On September 9th, 2016, my father lost his two-year battle to stage four brain cancer. My dad and I have always been very close, and he was my very best friend. A couple of months after he passed, I had gotten home from work around 2 p.m., and no one was home. Since I'd gotten off early, I decided that I was going to go take a nap, and as I was falling asleep, my body felt like it was buzzing or vibrating. I was like 90% asleep, and I remember thinking, hmm, this is weird, and I continued to drift off. I woke up, or so I thought, and the buzzing was still present, but fading away, and I heard my dad's voice. He was calling for my mother. (gasps) So I sprung out of bed. I looked around my room, and it was daylight, but I kept thinking, am I still asleep? Am I dreaming? And I've always had very conscious thoughts while dreaming. I walked out of the room, and I looked down the hallway that went to the living room, and I started walking towards the living room, and then the hallway started to stretch. I started to run, and then I jumped, and I landed in the living room. Everything looked normal. Here's the layout. Walking into the living room from the front door, we had a huge window to the left, and the hallway was to the right. If you kept walking straight, there was a dining room that connected to our alleyway kitchen. My parents' half bath was connected to the end of the kitchen, and their room connected to the half bath. And then their other bedroom door led to the same hallway. And in this hallway was my room, my brother's room, and a bathroom. So it's kind of a loop around situation. I looked down and I saw my dog, but it was the puppy version of oh. it. He was excited and he was barking. And I asked him if he had to go potty and to be let out slide. So I go to the sliding glass door that was in between the dining room and the kitchen. And when I close the door behind me, I look to my right. And my dad is standing right there in the doorway of the half bath. He looked healthy. He looked beautiful. He was waving at me. He was smiling, but it wasn't scary, and he had this warm smile that he always had on. He was wearing his favorite outfit, a Michigan pullover, blue jeans, and his nice boots. Dad? I ran towards him with open arms and tears in my eyes. He said, Hi, Goop! My nickname that he gave me. But the closer I got, the more he deteriorated. Oh. His type of cancer affected almost everything about him. The closer I got, the sicker he got, and he still kept his warm smile. I remember grabbing onto him and hugging him as tight as I could. And I kept saying, please don't leave me again. You can stay with us. I don't want you to leave. I kept begging him to stay. I felt him hug me back. And he just kept saying, it's OK. You're going to be OK. Everything is OK. I love you. And I just kept sobbing into his shoulders. And I left. I felt myself levitate as if he were carrying me back oh to my, my gosh. bed. We eventually got in bed. Whew, I have chills. My back is freezing cold. We eventually got back into my room. And keep in mind, I'm still crying into his shoulder and I can't see anything, but I just knew that he was bringing me back to my bed. He laid me down in the same position that I woke up slash fell asleep in. And when I woke up in real life, I faintly heard his voice saying, everything is going to be all right. When I woke up, I jumped and sat in the corner of my bed in the wall. Like when you wake up from a falling dream, I was totally freaked out. I should also note that my dad passed in the house, (sighs) and I fully believe that it was him visiting me, reassuring me that everything will be okay like he always did. I've attached some photos of my dad to give reference, which his smile really is, like, the kindest, most beaming, warm smile, like, Arissa describes. A photo from when he was healthy and a photo a year into his chemo. He'd want to be remembered by his first photo, but I feel like the second one really captures his spirit as well. Yeah, just twinkling eyes wow oh that's so beautiful it's so sad i know he was just there he was so oh he was truly okay and then a not heartwarming (laughs) second story that was (laughs) said okay okay second story this one's a bit longer so bear with me i'm gonna call this one the box last year for my birthday october 22nd 2021 i went to kentucky to be with some friends for my birthday weekend We went to this amazing antique shop that my best friends always rave about. It was me, my friends, let's call them Anna, and Katrina, and my boyfriend, B. It was a huge shop, so we were all just browsing around. And my boyfriend and I were in this little nook, and I noticed this box. It was the most beautiful box that I'd ever seen. You could tell it was old. It was metal, and it had this very unique design on it. There was just something about this box that almost entranced you. Like you kept wanting to learn more about it. I already don't and I like this box. I wanted to open box. it so bad. I know it's like why is it luring yeah. you in? Nope. I wanted to open it so bad, but something in me just kept saying, "Don't open the box." Well, mid-girl opened the box. I immediately felt this very dark and heavy energy, and something about it just made me refuse to look in the mirror of it. The inside was lined with cheap red felt that you could just tell didn't belong to the original box. You could see where it had been glued in as if it was raising in some parts. Something was just compelling me to rip the felt off. I don't know how long I was looking inside the box, but it felt like I was in this trance for almost 10 minutes. Get
0: out of that box! There was...
1: (laughs) I know. There was just something heavy about this box and I swear I felt whatever it was entered me. What? It went through my mouth and down my throat and I just feel this sinking down into my stomach. The only way I can describe it is if it it felt like a tear a teardrop shaped sinking down my throat and resting into my stomach, just very heavy.
0: I hate this. I
1: shut the box and I turned to B and I told him to open the box and tell me if he felt anything. He looked at me and told me that he had already opened the box and felt something heavy hanging from his throat down into his stomach. I freaked out. Anna Katrina came over to the corner shortly after that and asked if he had found anything cool. And I told Katrina to open the box. I love how Rissa's just like, everyone's going to be haunted if I'm yeah, haunted. Yeah, all in Everyone this together. I am like <laughs> shrinking and hiding behind my microphone now. I know. I, I know. I totally have. And I can't believe this is like in a public place. Like
0: it's all just happening in this antique a, store.
1: In the casual of an possession at the antique shop. Four, yep. Four people getting haunted. Okay. Um, she did. Immediately closes it and says, ooh, I didn't like that. <laughs> Anne also opens it and says she felt nothing. Cause, yeah, because the, the other people reaction got was, it off for you. I know. Rissa writes, her exact reaction was, opens box, looks for a second, says, cool, and closes it. (laughs) What a lucky bitch. (laughs) Yep. After we got back to her apartment, my boyfriend Katrina and I were all talking about what we thought and felt when we opened the box, and we had all experienced the same thing. Later that night, we were all hanging out in the living room and it was reasonably late around 2 or 3 a.m. And B said that he had seen a shadow in the hallway. We thought he was just messing with us, but I know my boyfriend and he had always been a bit of a skeptic of anything supernatural. He's a Virgo. Go figure. Hey, wait, but you are a Virgo. I am a Virgo. And not a skeptic. Not at all. (laughs) Far from it. Five years of podcasts. Could you imagine if
0: five years into this, I'm going, you know, actually. I've never believed in any of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or that you came out of five years being like, actually, all of this has proven to me that the paranormal doesn't <laughs> exist, which is like, it's the opposite. This is five years of evidence oh, we've collected complete for complete evidence. I, have, I believe in everything. Truly. Me same. too. That's why we're together That's in this. That's <laughs> why we are still doing this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's a skeptic, but the look on his face and his experience that he had with the box were the same as ours made me believe him. Nothing else happened that night, and we went to bed. On the way back to my house, B and I were fighting a lot. We never argue, maybe bicker here and there on occasion, but we were just fighting and being nasty towards each other. Very not like us. I went to work the next day, and he had stayed up all night. I'd gotten off work early, and I was in a pretty good mood. It was a beautiful day, and I felt bad about our arguments, which I honestly couldn't and still don't really remember what they were even Mm -hmm. about. I got home, and I asked him if he'd wanted to go for a hike since the weather was so nice, and he agreed, and we both started to get ourselves ready. I'd packed a suitcase for the weekend at Anne's, and it was on the floor between the door that leads into the garage and my mom's corner china cabinet. I had went into the garage because that's where our washer and dryer were and any other laundry that hadn't gotten folded yet. I was looking for something to change into, and when I exited the garage, I know I turned the light off. I was taught that you always turn the lights off when exiting a room because of my parents trying to save money on electrical bills growing mm-hmm. up. It's basically a reflex at this point. So, after I left the garage, I turned off the light. I decided to look into my suitcase that was on the floor. And while I was searching through, I heard some oh, music no. like a music Ooh, box. so unsettling. Type of music. I hate that sound. <laughs> Especially given this context. I know. I know. I know. It makes me wonder if the original box was a music box and had been kind of reconstructed, with felt, or something. I know. And it's haunting them now. <sighs> I know. Like freaking classic paranormal, scary movie yeah. material, right? I'd never heard that music in the house before. I thought B had turned on the TV in my room, and I was getting annoyed because, like, we're supposed to be getting ready (laughs) for hiking, lol. Except when I looked up, I found out where the music was coming from. My mom apparently had a music box in her china cabinet, and I saw it spinning. I got instant creeps and chills, but before I freaked out, I needed to try to find a logical explanation. I looked down at my suitcase to see if maybe the corner of it had hit the... The cabinet nudged it a little bit, but nope. There was a good 8 or 10 inches between the two. I couldn't think of anything else that would have made it go off. I didn't even know that my mom had a music box. I ran into my room and I tried to explain to B what had just happened, and he thought that I was messing with him, and I told him to come out to see if it was still playing. So, of course, it wasn't I roll, And I was showing him where it was coming from, and I realized something. The garage light was on. I froze and B asked what's wrong, and I said I shut off the light, babe. He looked at the garage and he was like, "Really? You sure?" And I looked at him and I said, "I am one hundred percent sure." Usually, when I try to pull a fast one on him, I crack up and I start <laughs> smiling or laughing, but I was serious. Yeah. And he said, "Okay, let's just get dressed and leave." So we did. We usually go to park. We usually go to one park to hike, but for some reason, I had the idea to try this new place. We googled a few parks near us and found one I could you not called Spirit Sanctuary. <laughs> The name didn't click until B and I talked about this entire experience later on. It was about 40-minute drive from my house, and when we pulled into the lot, which was very well hidden, the only other car that was there was a rusty old white pickup. Just as I'm writing this, I heard a knock from my closet, and I'm now sitting in the living room <laughs> while B games LMAO. Jeez. <gasps> okay, back to the story. Scary. This truck gave me a very off feeling i told b that i wanted to wait for a little bit to see if the person would leave soon we waited for about 30 minutes and during those 30 minutes b had noticed that there was a man standing outside of the driver's side of the truck and his feet were facing our direction we weren't parked right next to each other but we were parked on the same side in the same direction so we tried leaning anyway to see if he was staring at us but for some reason no matter what angle we got we couldn't quite see this man's face yeah Weird. we could only see his feet when we looked underneath the car I wanted to walk through the park so bad. The photos we saw online were just so beautiful, like an enchanted fairy <laughs> forest. But something in my gut was just telling me that if we did, this man might follow us. And this is a very secluded park. The reviews stated that it was very secu- secluded, the perfect place for a private date with your partner, and that the paths were beautifully overgrown. Sounds like a dream in a perfect spot for anyone, but not when you have a creeper <laughs> who's the only one there. And if this park was so secluded, as they said it was, I did not want to get lost with a potential no, murderer. No, very smart. So, very smart. I know, especially with the big over- Alert, alert, like alert. Red flag, red flag. Hidden bodies hard yeah. to find, truly. B asked me what I wanted to do, and I said I wanted to go. So we did, and we decided to just drive another 35, 40 minutes to a park that we normally go to and have been to a 100 times, only to find out, for some reason, that it was closed. I've been coming to this park all my life during all of the seasons and it has never been closed. Coincidence? Maybe. (laughs) But I just couldn't shake off this weird feeling since we had pulled into the other parking lot of Spirit Sanctuary. I was very annoyed because I had driven all around (laughs) for over an hour and a half for nothing. And the day was wasted and the sun had started to set and I asked Bia if he wanted to go get some food and then we could head home. When we got home, we had our dinner And each had a seltzer. I had a karaoke machine at my mom's house. And we got it out so we could sing.
0: (laughs) So fun. That's so cute. I love it.
1: (laughs) I brought it into my room. And I turned on the LEDs. And I also decided that I wanted to make it a little more vibey. So I turned off my TV. Now I lost the remote to my TV. And I can only turn it on and off with the button on the side. I have an Amazon Fire Stick remote. But could never figure out how to program (laughs) it to turn the TV on. So I got up. I turned it off. And as I was sitting back down on my bed to pick my song, my boyfriend was staring towards the TV in fear. I asked him what was up and I turned around and my TV was turning back on. Uh, I knew it was all the way off because the logo on it had turned orange when it was turned and when it was turned on it turned white. And I watched it turn orange. I looked at him and he said, "What the hell is going on?" And I was getting up to turn it back off and he grabbed my hand and he said, "I think we should just leave it off." <laughs> okay. So It's the next day, B went home, and i decided to talk to my mom about the experiences i knew that whatever this was was playing little tricks now but yeah. i couldn't possibly develop it into something more i did think at first that maybe it could be my dad he was a prankster but whenever i got a sign from him it was usually a warm feeling and i could feel his energy but whatever this was was starting to scare me it's the box i couldn't explain it it was just a it's the yeah, box for sure truly you op- you found a demon in this antique yeah. store i think that's that's what we know yeah. before even yeah. ending yeah, we this, know it <laughs> this email I can't explain it. It's just a freaky feeling. A little about my mom. This woman is extremely sensitive to the paranormal. There are a million stories I could tell you about her experiences, but I'll save those for another time. I know. I always hate hearing that when listening to episodes, but this email is far (laughs) too long already. I sat down with my mom and said, I have something to tell you. Please don't be mad. And of course, her first question is, did you mess with a Ouija board? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, then what is it? I told her everything, and in the middle of my experiences, my mom got very tense and looked at me like she was having trouble concentrating on me. She put her hand up and said, I'm listening to you, and I'm hearing you, but I feel a very strong and dark energy right now. And waved to, in a circular motion, a spot on her left. The feeling in my stomach came back. She told me that whatever this was knows that I'm talking about it. Oh. Oh, freak, and now we're talking about it. Oh, gosh. (laughs) and is proud that it scared me. Yep, definitely not my nope. father. I asked her if she felt anything else and she said that she felt this heaviness sinking to the bottom of her stomach. I hadn't mentioned what B, Katrina and I had all felt after opening the box, and I asked her if she felt a teardrop, felt that it was teardrop shaped, and she said, "Yes." What? She took my hand and told me that we cannot be scared of it and we needed to tell it to leave together. She said, you do not get to come into my house and tinker with my things. You are not welcome in this house. You are not welcome to attach yourself to my daughter. You are not welcome to attach yourself to me. You need to go back to where you came from now. She then called for my dad, our guardian angels, and our spirit guides to help banish this thing out of the home. A few minutes after standing our ground, with prayers and some waves of sage later, it was gone. The heaviness in my stomach and in the entire room, which I hadn't realized was for a second was so heavy, my mom told me that if I ever got that feeling back to tell it that it was not welcome here or with me and to tell it to go back to where it came from. That was almost six months ago and I haven't felt anything since. But I have since moved out and I'm living with B and our seven-month-old <gasps> kitten did. that we found three at three weeks of age. Her name is Lennon, and she's been such a blessing to our lives. Well, that's it. I appreciate you sticking around if you read the whole thing, which I'm hoping you did. (laughs) On an Encounters episode, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to hear your thoughts on these two experiences. I'm also attaching a couple photos of our little lennon one from when we first caught her and one of her more recently looking forward to listening to the rest of the episodes i have yet to catch up on and all of the episodes in the future keep doing what you do see you on the other side and all of the above keep creep it real rissa and
0: above all so cute cute. i'm looking at the kittens on here too so cute the kittens it's one kitten but two photos okay well rissa your mom is amazing love her truly Love, And I love that she's super open and willing to hear it and that her first question was, did you play with a Ouija board? Like, that is a mother after my own heart and that is the mother I strive (laughs) to be one day. But that she could feel it. And and what's so curious to me is that all of them, aside from the one friend, had that exact same feeling. And even Rissa's mom, who didn't open the box, but just talking about it, felt that like traveling down into the bottom of their stomach.
1: Right. The description of the yeah. feeling, everyone reacted exactly the same way. Which makes me wonder... Because it's not really a
0: possession, then it's more like this entity is just like latching itself onto people. Like it's almost like putting its mm-hmm. tentacles around and like take it being like, "This is a target." So yeah, it sounds like B and Rissa haven't experienced anything now since moving in with each other. But I do wonder, Rissa and her mom did this thing of like, "You are not welcome here." But what about the others? What about B? What about the other friend who did experience things? Right? Do they still? Have yeah, I
1: do wonder experiences. Ugh. I also wonder about the man in the park, if that man – because Rissa was saying that her and B, no matter how much they were moving around, whatever angle they got at, they couldn't see the man's face, but they could see his feet. And so – weird. And it sounds like the feet were facing him. So it wasn't – I mean, he could have been like squatting and crouching.
0: That's terrifying. For some reason.
1: But also another part of me thinks, is this – was that person who owned the van hiking? Mm. And what they were saying was actually the entity watching them. I don't know. I don't know. And then what is this box? I know. It's like, all horrible.
0: I do wish that they could have found out. It's one of those things about antique stores, it's so hard to actually know where anything comes from. I mean, sometimes there's mm-hmm. records, but I just want to know. Like Sometimes. Did you get this from my estate sale? Did, what What is the story and whose was it and why is it haunted?
1: Right. Yeah. And who has it now? Yeah. And what's been happening in the antique shop since that box has come in, yeah. you know? It's one of the things where, like, I would be tempted to call the antique store and be like, oh, has there been weird behaviors, yeah. weird things happening, and you don't know what antique was brought in that contributed to that? Here's my suggestion. I think it's that box because now we're all haunted. Should we call the place? Uh, yeah. We need person so to, send to tell us where the it place. is. Also, I just love that her and her mom call upon her I dad know. for protection really nice. because he just seems like the kindest, warmest person. I mean, the fact that he carried her in her like dream visitation, like sleep, back to her bed too—it's yeah. just such a paternal, loving, parental thing to do. It is nice, and I like that he's—he's he's there. He's teaming up with all the guardians and the Watching angels to it. protect his family. Yeah. 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 Okay. We both have nicer ones oh, We to do, with, right? Yes. We're lifting everybody up after. Yes, there's actually all of these. You know, a lot of commonalities between
0: some of our stories because there was like the basement light or the garage lights, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. now this one has a fire in
1: it. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. And a whole lot of demons. A whole lot this, of demons. You asked for demons and I was like, no. And then we ended demon up with a demon episode anyway. I
0: guess we love demons. <laughs> okay. This is from our listener B and it's called... How My Angel Sister Saved My Family From a Fire Set by a Ghost. Hi, Ghosties. I wanted to share with you guys a story of how fate slash teenage angst and the spirit of my sister saved my family from tragedy. So this story takes place when I was 16 years old. It was a Friday night, and my little brother and I were supposed to spend the night at my grandmother's. Having recently gotten my license and a taste of sweet freedom... I had no desire to go. Usually my parents would have forced me, but for whatever reason, this night they told me I didn't have to. I ended up going to my school's football game and coming home fairly late. And for context, my house at the time was three stories. My parents lived on the top, our kitchen and living room was in the middle, and my brother and I lived downstairs. When I got home, my parents were already in bed, so I went down to my room and fell asleep. It was around midnight. I was peacefully sleeping and dreaming away when suddenly my dream switched to this angelic, beautiful blonde lady running towards me, screaming, wake up, wake up, wake up now. My body jolted awake and black smoke was billowing into my bedroom. Horrified, (gasps) I got up and placed my hand through the door to see if it was hot. One of the actual useful things I learned in school, lol. It was not. So I opened the door to the entire hallway, seeing that it was enveloped in smoke. I held my breath and ran up the stairs where I saw a fire atop our kitchen stove. I hastily grabbed the fire extinguisher from under the kitchen sink and put out the fire. Fortunately, the fire was contained and has only burned a few of the upper cabinets. Once the fire was out, I sprinted upstairs to check on my parents who were fast asleep. I obviously screamed at them and made them come downstairs. We then saw that somehow all four burners of our stove top had been turned on to the highest setting.
1: What the?
0: On top of that. Oh my God. A wooden cutting board that my parents had gotten from their honeymoon in Italy had been sitting on top of the burners, slowly burning, which is what caused all the black smoke. It seriously must have just caught flame a few minutes before the dream lady woke me. To this day, we have no idea how the burners got turned on. My parents had ordered takeout for dinner that night since both my brother and I were gone, so the stove had not been turned on all day. My home was 100% haunted, so the only thing we can think of is that some sort of evil spirit was attempting to harm us, or maybe a poltergeist spirit thought it would be a prank. No, that's not a prank. Obviously, our smoke detectors were not working— and my parents asked how I was able to wake up and I told them about the lady in my dream yelling at me, telling me to wake up. We collectively came to the conclusion that it was my sister who passed away before I was born. So while something evil was trying to Aww. harm us, the incredible love of an angel sister woke me up and allowed me to put out the fire before it got worse. Ooh, my brother also, I, chills. I know my brother also suffers from horrible asthma and we thank God that he went to my grandmother's house that night. Or he may not still be with us. Moral of the story, do not make your 16-year-old daughters go to their grandma's house on a Friday night. Do make your 12-year-old son go to the grandmother's house on that Friday night and check your damn smoke detectors. Thanks for all you do. I'll write in more spooky stories about the haunted house later. Best, B.
1: Wow. Oh, my gosh. How lucky was that that she was awoken by her sister and has that guardian who can say, I like that the sense of urgency, it wasn't just like a, you need to wake like, up now. It was like a rush, like panic, like you literally need to wake up this very Which, second. Which again, proves to me your life depends that on it. That
0: the dream world, you are so close to mm-hmm. the paranormal realm that there is a shield that lowers when you're in this like subconscious state. The fact that she was having another dream and all of a sudden it like switched and there's this woman running at her being like, wake up, wake yep. up, wake up.
1: Oh. It just makes me wonder how the hell this happened because part of me was thinking. I mean, before learning that the brother was at the grandmother's, which thank goodness yeah. he was, it it made me wonder if if he or honestly could have been one of her parents. Like, were they like possessed in the middle of the night and yeah. well and did this did the deed for this demon? But it sounds like people all remembered their dreams and probably would have known. So it's just really yeah. strange and it sounds like the this house is-, is already
0: haunted so like they they have reason to believe that there was a spirit mm-hmm. doing this there's also a version and i'm not saying that this is the version but it is a, a spirit who's like the same spirit that ran oh. to be in the dream is like trying to you know test out their abilities and accidentally turned on all of the burners
1: and was like <laughs> oh my god what have <laughs> i done oops oh no <laughs> Like a panic, panic, panic. Oh, run into yeah. her dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god! But gosh. I do love it. Well, yeah, because I, I'm assuming that the cutting board was already on the stove and just the burners were turned on. But it would be very strange if the cutting board was also placed on It all does kind b- of sound burners. like it wasn't
0: there originally.
1: Yeah. Which makes me think it's a bit easier. Also, it's right. My brain immediately went to like, this wood is special wood. It's blaster. It's, you know, it's from the Vatican or something. And there's this demon that's trying to destroy <laughs> the wood that will be able to destroy it yeah. before – but I don't know. Probably we'll have not. to ask more. B, we
0: want to know about like the hauntings that were happening because
1: totally maybe there's a demon. So, so, I mean, sounds yeah. like it. I don't know how else that would ever happen. Yeah, right. Okay, I have one to end on that is a little bit lighter as well. Wow. It's called. Well, I picked it because Chester pets and cats <laughs> for you. It's called My Last Goodbye from My Furry Aww. Friend. Hi, ladies. I love the podcast. Two Girls One Ghost is the only spooky podcast I will listen to, even if I have to listen alone. <laughs> My boyfriend refuses to listen to anything spooky. Guess what? Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't had many paranormal ghostly experiences, and it's better that it stays that way. Feel ya. However, I do have one story about the final visit from my cat after he passed oh. away. I will keep this brief. When I was two years old, my mom and I adopted a cat. He was a black cat with white paws, and we named him Socks. <laughs>
0: Socks, Is that the cutest
1: so cute. As he got older, he got chunky. <laughs> so we ended up calling him Beefy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Leia, Beefy. I call her Chonk, but I like Beefy. It's cute.
1: My cousin's dog is named Jack, but they call him Beef Stew because he's big. Beef stew. boy. When I was 13 years old, he passed away, and it was Aww. tragic. My mom woke me up one Saturday morning and said that something was wrong with Beefy. I raced downstairs, and he was laying lethargically on the floor. And I remember my mom calling my grandmother and calling the emergency vet. I remember holding Beefy wrapped in a blanket in the car on the way to the emergency vet. So sad. My mother was also very pregnant. She gave birth two weeks after this and was a single mother, so we didn't have the money to go and get testing to see what had happened. Kidney failure is a good guess. We had to put Beefy down, and my mother, my grandmother, and myself were in the room as he was put down. Most devastating moment of my life. So sad. Once they declared him gone, they let me hold him one last time, and I cried worse than a baby. We did get Beefy cremated, and he sits on a shelf in my bedroom for me to see every day, and I'm almost 30 now. (laughs) Beefy. A few days after he passed, there were two experiences. Being 13 and so cool. (laughs) I previously took my bed apart and slept with only a mattress on the floor. One night, as I was laying down to sleep, listening to the radio show Delilah, I felt beefy. I felt him step up onto the mattress and walk to the spot that he usually slept at my feet and plop down. This gave me happiness and peace that he came to sleep with me yeah. one last time. Aww. The next day or two, I told my mom about what I experienced. She had shared with me that she also had an experience. Beefy's food and water dishes used to be in the kitchen, but after he passed, my mom picked them up and cleaned the area so that there was nothing there anymore. She told me that she was in the kitchen one day doing dishes, and from behind her, she heard the crunching of (gasps) cat food and pieces dropping to the floor. She turned around, but of course there was nothing there. That's my story to share for you today. Trust your pets, love your pets, and keep up the awesome work, ladies. Justina.
0: Oh, Justina. Oh, that's so sad. I miss Beefy for you. I know. But I do do. love this idea. I mean, I I love that Beefy came to visit again, but I do also love this idea that Beefy's spirit is so strong that he still exists. And like, if we're talking about time and how it's all happening at once, like- that Beefy for a moment was able to like replicate or like come back from a different timeline, like the crunching of the
1: food, is just mm-hmm. Beefy existing and still being alive because technically in time, Beefy is. Beefy is. I also like to think that the reason that the pets return back to their home in spirit form isn't because they're confused, but just because they want to make sure their family's yeah. okay. And Beefy must have gone and been like, okay, I visited Justina. I visited my – Justina's mom. And they seem like they're going to be just fine. And honestly, maybe Beefy got reincarnated into the baby that came out to (laughs) weeks later. You never know. You never know. Traveling souls. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. But yeah. That was so sweet. I know. So sweet. It's always sad when people lose loved ones and – Family members and pets and whatnot. But I think some of these lovely experiences are just what happens after it feels so heartwarming yeah. and so reassuring. And it just is a nice reminder that the paranormal and these experiences aren't always terrifying. It Agreed. can be really nice to experience.
0: Agreed. Oh, gosh. I love the paranormal. I love spooky things. I love happy things. Yep. I love you, Corinne. Love
1: you. Aww, I love you. I love you. I love that we're doing this. We love, each, we love other. each other. We love all of you that are listening. I know. We should have had a little glass of wine, something celebratory for five should years. Open but a bottle of but maybe we'll do that at our 10 year Ooh. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we should do like an episode where we do like Sunday brunch and we record with mimosas. Oh, I like that.
1: Yes. Also, what is so? We're recording this obviously before our actual anniversary, but I'm trying to look on what at what date our true anniversary is on. I know it's you and fourteen. You and I think it comes out on the 14th, which is Sunday. Oh, oh, truly. Maybe we should do like a little Instagram live or something and have like a little cheers and be like, "It's our five year just for a few minutes." Okay, say hello. Okay. 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 Okay.
0: Well. Thank you all for joining us. We, uh, If you have ghost stories, please email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And we know that if you're listening to this, you're already in the triangle. But mm-hmm. in order to stay in the triangle and to have the triangle to continue to grow our pyramid scheme, tell your friends. Listen to the podcast. Please. Yes. You can also please. support us on Patreon or rate and review us on iTunes, which is very important. So do that. Mm-hmm. All the things. Merch.
1: Social media merch, YouTube. Maybe you're watching this video. Greetings. And hopefully you guys like the new direction we're going. You get a lot more content. Many more episodes coming in the future. Shorter episodes, more
0: digestible. Uh, Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. And we do hope that we get to meet you, that we get to see you, that we get to hug. Oh, yes. Thank you to our editors. Oh. Thank you yes. to the entire team at Upfire
0: Digital, Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, and Max Lodian, all of you. You guys are freaking awesome. Thank you
1: for making us. Yeah. They've been with us for five years too. Yeah. Well, well I guess a little. Three and a half years? Less than. Yeah. But they've been but they've our sole editing team. We've never had anyone they've else. With no. us. we want anyone
0: else, but we are grateful. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And
1: now? Well, we do hope that we get to see you on this side. We want to hug you. We want to thank you. We want to tell you that we love you. <laughs> But if we don't see you on this side, we will see you on the other side.
0: Very